0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Love Podcast. Today, we continue with part three of Mark Fee's sermon series on prayer. We hope you are enjoying this series. As this series unfolds, if the Lord stirs up questions in your heart, you can email us at info at firstloveministries.org. May the Lord bless you right now as you hear his word for you today. Let's listen to Mark. When we repent well, we feel cared for, we feel loved, and we feel the possibility of trust and we feel like healing can come. Now the hardest thing though is what happens if the person never repents, especially what if they're gone, if they're dead, or what if they're such that they are just an enemy, they're evil, and they'll, they never change. Now what do you do? Well, now's the part where I want you to write down a few things if you haven't already. Because I want to share with you a couple steps that we do in the inner healing prayer time, but these are things that you can also do by yourself. The first step is to pour out your pain and anger to the Lord. And then sometimes if I'm out in the car, I'll imagine that that person sitting right beside me or at times when we're doing it in the prayer room, we'll stick a chair in front and have you imagine that the person is right there. Because what really matters is that you don't want me praying over you. What you need to do is for me to come alongside, for the Lord to come alongside and help you to pray and pour out what's inside of you. And the reason we do that and have the chair is because if the person was actually sitting there, you would probably sin against them in the things that you would say. But in the safety and the privacy of that car in that room, you can let it all come out. And you don't guard it. You just let it pour out. And trust me, it'll really shock you. Remember, Jesus said that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, so many times we try to do this inside. We try to ignore it. We try to to suppress it. But I'm convinced that what's part of the healing process is the ability for you to pour that thing out, to express it. You know, that a third of the Psalms of the are lamentations, are laments, prayers, hearts being poured out. In fact, in Psalm 55, David says these words Think about the closeness thing that I talked to you earlier about. He says, Listen to my prayer, O God, do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught. Now imagine if he's talking to the chair, to the seat. If an enemy were insulting me, if it was an enemy that had betrayed me, if it was an enemy that was gossiping against me, if it was an enemy, I could endure it. If it were a foe raising himself against me, I could hide from him. But it's you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, you, my father, my mother, my uncle, my brother, my sister, somebody who I should have been able to trust. You did it to me. Lamentations 3:55 to 63. Listen to this lament. Listen to this prayer. I call on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You hear my plea. Do not close your ears to my cry for relief. You came near when I call you, and you say, Do not fear. Lord, you take up my case. You redeem my life. You have seen, O oh Lord, the wrong done to me. Uphold my cause. You have seen the depth of their vengeance, all their plots against me. You have heard their insults, what my enemies whisper and mutter against me all day long. See, these texts remind us of the importance to be able to process that hurt, to process that pain and that anger. You know, a huge thing that I discovered. Along the way, too, is that when I'm praying and doing this with folks, when the offender the perpetrator was somebody really close, like a parent, spouse, a trusted friend, is that a lot of times they don't want to do this because they don't like feeling angry. They don't like expressing their pain. And a lot of times people will shortchange the process because they'll feel empathy toward that person. Well, mom and dad, they didn't know any better. They had a rough upbringing, too. But let me tell you, folks, there is a huge difference between intent and impact. In this part of the process, intent is not what we're looking at at the moment. What's matter, What matters is the impact of the sin against you. And why it matters for you to engage this and pour this out is because if you empathize too quick, if you excuse, if you think about their intention is that you won't engage in the full level of the wrong and so you won't forgive it completely. In other words, think about this. Sometimes when you've really been hurt and then it's somebody you care about or you make excuses for them and so you really don't engage at the level of forgiveness but then when you see them or that memory comes back up, let's do it this way. Let's say it's like they stole $100 from you and you think, well, but they're hungry, they're thirsty, they've lost a job and gosh, they needed food and so, well, okay, it's no big deal. So you forgive at like a $10 level The problem is, is when you see him, your mind goes, it was a hundred bucks. Your soul knows what it was. And so it's so crucial to be able to engage at that level so that you're able to forgive the full debt. It's also scary sometimes to engage in those feelings. But also what I've watched the Lord do over time is that the way he's designed us as human beings, it's kind of like blowing up a balloon, get it real big and not tying it off. And it goes, well, the same thing happens for us as humans. You're only so long that you can pour that stuff out and then you run out of steam, you run out of energy. But you know when you do that well is that it? also you run out of all of that horrible stuff and you're ready to deal with it. So as you're pouring that stuff out, here's the three things that needs to happen. The first thing is that the Lord would come alongside you and comfort you. Many, many times I would do this with some close friends. Think about Jesus last week going into Gethsemane and he takes his buddies along. Hopefully your friends won't fall asleep on you. (laughs) But a lot of times the importance of the friends is because when I would be pouring out my heart like that, is that they were able to become the arms, the voice, the touch of Jesus. And they'd be able to come and hold me and say, Mark, that was wrong. And that wasn't okay. Okay. And I'm so sorry it happened to you. There were so many times my heart needed to hear love-based repentance, even though I would never hear it from the one I need to hear it from most, but just hearing it from somebody would bring comfort. The second thing that you get out of that is validation. You know, the hardest thing that happens to so many people is that they've been sexually abused. And even worse is by the very ones who should be providing the comfort. And instead of being validated, they're forced to ignore it, to deny it, to have to hide it, to keep it in secret, and there's no one there that's there to pick them up and comfort them and say, what happened to you was so wrong, and I'm so sorry it happened. It makes me angry too. I hate betrayal too. I hate injustice. I hate abuse too, and so does the Lord. It's such an awful thing. And boy, how desperately your hearts long to just hear somebody say those words. But then the other thing, see, is that when we suppress, when we deny, when we try to minimize and just quickly gloss over it, is that the other thing is we don't realize to the level, to the extent that perhaps some of that sinful stuff, the hate, the malice, the bitterness, the resentment has begun to grow. And what would happen, see, is as I'm pouring all that stuff out, the other huge value of my friends is the third thing is that you examine the content of what you've poured out. It would be my brothers and sisters who were right there to say, Mark, we are so sorry, and we so get it. But you know what? In just listening to you, there's some real infection in there. There's some deep resentment and some deep bitterness. Stuff you're going to have to repent of. Again, this is where I wanted to make mention about the difference between intent and impact. You know how many times that we want to say, you know, I'm really sorry I didn't mean to do that? as though somehow that minimizes the impact. It doesn't matter what your intent was, that doesn't change what happened. Where intent does make a difference is at this moment. At this moment as you're moving in to receiving repentance and forgiveness and especially to forgive. You see, here's what has to happen now. There would be times I'd be in this moment and I would be finally so in touch with the anger, so in touch with the hurt, I've been crying, I've been dying, Now I know I'm talking to New Englanders, hello? I know I'm talking to Americans, hello? I know I'm talking to a society that somehow thought that maturing and growing up meant that you no longer express or feel any of this stuff. You get over it. You get on. But you think about a child, a parent, and one of my kids, how quickly I'd want to gather them up in my arms and let them cry and say to them, I'm so sorry for what that bully did to you. That was not okay. And I love you and I care about you. But let's do the right thing in regard to it. Just just think about this. How has this other way worked for you? In other words, consider the season. Maybe you've been in a pool. Maybe you've already done this and you've been horsing around and you got one of those nice blow-up beach balls. Have you ever tried to, like, push the thing under the water and all of a sudden it goes bloop? You grab it again, you're... Well, that's as dumb as it is, is trying to suck it up and get over it and suppress it and deny it because at one point, something's going to go on. It's going to trigger that memory. You're going to see or hear something. You're going to go... There it is again. And isn't that how we began today? Aren't you frustrated with that? Aren't you sick of that? You know, the other stupid, stupid, stupid thing we do so naturally... Instead of like we saw last week, Jesus, when we're in all that pain and coming and spending a little time in the Father, maybe with some others, and pouring out that pain, remember Jesus spent an hour in his pain in the presence of the Father. Instead, what we do is that we go off and we do stupid things. We do pornography, we do busyness, we do entertainment, do anything we can to ignore, to avoid, to suppress, to deny, just so I don't have to feel that pain. But all you're doing is turning that harm into a gangrenous infection inside of you. You don't get better. Amen. <sighs> but now you've reached this point, you've poured it all out. They've come alongside and comforted and validated. There's times when I've done it in the car and by his spirit, the Lord just comes and just talks to my heart and says, son, I know, I know. And then I reach that point to say, now Lord, I know I need to repent, but I don't want to repent because it feels like it should be okay to feel this way and want to see this person wronged. Or even worse is I feel like that if I repent and then forgive this person, I'm gonna tell that person like it's no big deal, like it was some little thing and it was no little thing. But when somebody gets to that point, I'm actually really excited because now I know they're actually ready to be healed because now they know what it is they're gonna have to forgive and the debt and the extent So what happens then is that right at this moment is when I remember when Jesus said that we were to take up our cross. It's at this moment, this is step two, is that you invite the grace and the mercy of the Lord to come and say, Father, I desperately need a touch of your grace and mercy. I need you to remind me again that I have more in common with the sinner than I do with you, a holy God. I need you to touch me and remind me again that You didn't give me fair. You didn't do eye for an eye. You didn't pay me back. You have never given me what I deserved. Help me to remember that. And in so doing, help me to repent before you and say, I'm sorry for what I've been carrying. I need your forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness in the past. Thank you, and I need it now. Would you touch me? And I can't tell you how many times it would matter to me where I could go to Jesus. Remember even last week, where I hear him say, Mark, I am a faithful high priest. I was fully human like you. I am able to empathize. I know what it was like to be insulted. I know what it was like to be hit, to be beaten, to be mocked, to be scourged, and to go through all the work to get better and to get you better, and I did nothing wrong. See, the amazing thing is that Jesus is the only real victim, and he did all the work to set us free. You know, the hardest thing about what I'm describing to you is that if you were severely wounded, if you were in a car crash, doesn't it drive you crazy that the person, say, they get a scratch and they walk out, but you're broken and all kinds of bruises and bones busted, and now you're out of work, and you're in the hospital, and you're recovering, and you've got to do all the work to get better. That stinks. And the Lord says, I know it stinks. Been there. Done that. See, I'm so convinced it's in this point that we take up our cross and follow Jesus when we have to take up and forgive another just like he did. But it's at this point that we receive forgiveness from the Lord afresh and anew. We're reminded of the forgiveness that we received. So that, see, ultimately, we don't forgive because we're Christians. We forgive because as Paul said in Colossians and Ephesians, he said the reason we forgive is because we've been forgiven first. What empowers us to forgive is that we've been forgiven first by the one who had every right to make us pay. And once you experience that fresh touch, that fresh forgiveness, that fresh repentance, then you're finally able to say, I forgive you as forgiven. I will not pay you back. Now, back to the 490 times. Again, depending on who it was, the severity of the wound, sometimes I can do this prayer one time and get better. There's been other times, in a certain case, that I had to pray like this once a week for a year and a half before I got whole. You know why? Because it wasn't the original wound that hurt. It was remembering it for 489 more times. And every time I remember it, it would make me feel even more pain and anger. So people ask me again and again, Mark, when do you know the process is done? See, the nice thing about a broken bone is it takes six to eight weeks and it gets better. What I'm talking to you about is the only way you know you're better is when that memory comes back and it no longer causes you pain, anger, and a desire for revenge. You just remember that it hurt. Where you're able to see the perpetrator think about them. Instead of wanting anger and revenge, you're actually able to do what Jesus said and that you actually want to do good to them. You want to bless them and pray for them. That's when you know it's done. Folks, to not do this, doctors tell us that up to 80% of illness is psychosomatic. In other words, it has to do with what's in your mind and your heart. 80% of our illnesses result from that, the breakdown of our immune system, whatever else that emotional poison does to break down our bodies, it has severe negative consequence on us. Never mind our relationship with people, with God. So I know what I'm encouraging you to step into, to make an effort to try. It sounds like work. You know what it is. (laughs) Remember who did that work first? You would go after this you would let yourself be laid up in a hospital if it was physical oh that you would make time to get well in your inner being so Lord I do pray that you Spirit of God you know what we need today you know what part of this message we need to respond to I pray most of all Lord would you touch hearts Let comfort, validation, forgiveness, let it come. Let resolve come in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the First Love Podcast. We would be so blessed to have you partner with us in this ministry. For more information or to subscribe to our weekly update, visit firstlovedministries.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. God bless and have a great day.